welcome everybody. It's time again for another episode. Let's talk real estate. Your weekly BS with Barry Sawitz about the current commercial real estate market here in Southern California. As we take a no BS look at both sides of the issues driving this market today with our man in the middle, Barry Sawitz. Hey, Barry. Hey, good morning, Paul. Thanks. Uh, welcome back, everybody, for another week of Let's Talk Real Estate. I'm Barry Sawitz, president of the Sawitz Company and Sawitz Properties. And in my 30 years of commercial real estate, I've been on both sides of the transaction as a buyer and a seller, as a landlord and a tenant, as a broker and a principal. And what I've learned is that uh, try to take a both sides approach uh, towards uh, solving uh, all of the real estate problems and navigating the real estate world and looking at the ebbs and flows. And so that's what we're going to do today. So let's get to it and let's talk real estate. Uh, today, our uh, esteemed guest is the Honorable Will O'Neill, uh, former mayor of Newport Beach, current uh, Newport Beach city councilman, uh, according to his kids, best dad in the world, uh, devoted husband, and an all-around good guy and public servant. Will, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you very much for having me. Yeah. So uh, before we get started, I want to do a quick shout-out uh, for today to our producer, uh, Sophia uh, Palioff. It's her birthday. She is more than 21 and less than 65. We'll leave it at that. I'd also like to uh, do a quick shout-out to my cousins visiting from the Windy City in Chicago. Let's get to it. I, I got a lot of stuff I want to talk to you about. Well, you are uh, involved in a lot of different things and have seen a lot of different uh, craziness over the last couple of years with uh, COVID and and all of the things that uh, apply to our great city of Newport Beach. And as a guy who lives in Newport Beach and has his business headquartered in Newport Beach, it's all personal to me. And I'm glad to have you on the show and share your thoughts with us. I guess the first thing I want to talk about, we'll, we'll start current, we can go backwards and forwards. But the biggest thing uh, that has put Newport Beach sort of again in the spotlight on the national news has been uh, the recent oil spill off the coast. And while that isn't directly related to real estate, it does affect the overall economy, which has sort of a, uh, a dynamic effect in terms of affecting what's going on around us. Where, in your opinion, do we stand with that? And are, are we past it and moving forward? Or are there still repercussions? I think there are going to be repercussions, but they're not nearly what we expected when we first heard about the oil spill on, you know, on the Saturday. A lot of people will remember that we learned about the oil spill on a Saturday. It was the uh, second to last day of the air show that was going on up in Huntington Beach. And that air show made it a little tricky because uh, we weren't able to get uh, airplanes up. We weren't able to get helicopters up to go up and see what was going on out in the ocean. So instead, what we were doing is we were getting constant updates from uh, either the Coast Guard uh, or a lot of boaters, actually, who were already in the water or were coming back from Catalina. And we were hearing, boy, there's a lot of oil out there. And uh, and so Huntington Beach made the call to cancel Sunday's um, uh, version of the air show. So that last day, which uh, was uh, probably ended up being the right call because we really needed to get up and see what was, what was up there. Actually, on Sunday, I flew with other elected officials with the U.S. Coast Guard on an, what they call an overflight. And um, it's uh, we, we flew out of Long Beach Airport, flew over, looked at the rig where we thought the oil was coming from. At that point, they still hadn't figured out exactly where the oil was coming from. And then we flew all the way down past Laguna Beach. And we were seeing some oil down in off the coast of Laguna Beach and also off of Crystal Cove down in uh, Newport Coast area. But not nearly with the amount that I think people had expected because yeah. the reported figures were 130,000 gallons. I mean, that is a lot of oil. And um, and so just recently, the U.S. Coast Guard downgraded that. They, they still say, look, it could potentially have been 130,000 gallons. But they, they said on the low end, it might have been 25,000. 
that's still a lot of oil. You know, we had crews that were out uh, cleaning our beaches for quite some time. Uh, the U.S. Coast Guard, to their credit, did a really great job of ramping up very quickly. Uh, for a little while, we had our harbor boomed off, so you couldn't go okay. in or out. Uh, and so that certainly affected some of our businesses that relied on leaving the harbor. Um, and then fishing, uh, the fishing area, the industry is is still, I believe, closed down. But we were able to get our harbor back open pretty quickly because we just weren't seeing any oil in the harbor or even coming into the, the mouth of the harbor for the boom to stop it. And then on top of that, we also ended up um, being able to open up our beaches and our the water off the coast fairly quickly as well. So uh, kudos to the folks who really made an effort to clean that up and all the people who offered to volunteer. Uh, we have a great community when it comes to trying to, you know, rise rise above uh, circumstances that they, you know, initially have no control over, but eventually want to clean clean sure. up their beaches. And when it comes to protecting not only the wildlife, but also the thing that uh, makes Newport Beach uh, famous and, and provides one of the greatest amenities, which is the beach in the water, it's important to make sure that uh, that everything's open and, and at the same time safe. So I'm glad we're past uh, the crux of it. I was out there at the beach in, in Huntington uh, this past weekend, and it looked pretty good to me. Um, I wasn't running to drink the water, but um, I think we'll get there pretty quick. So no, it's coming together. Yeah, there's no question. And um, so there's, you know, there's still going to be a lot of lawsuits. There'll still be a lot of uh, claims being made on lost business, lost revenue. And so I know the U.S. Coast Guard's doing an investigation. They, you know, they figure out how exactly they, uh, the oil got in the water. That'll probably take some time. And I'm sure as things went, wind their way through. But, but to your point, yeah, it, we, I think we are really fortunate to have not had the disaster that people expected. It's still going to be serious and it still is but it just wasn't quite on the level that we had anticipated that first weekend. This is not the first time that the city of Newport Beach has attracted national attention over the course of the last year or two. Going back to uh, former President Trump coming here and the rallies and then certainly the shutdown of the beaches and restaurants and businesses during COVID. And I know that at that time you were intricately involved with uh, dealing with those things, not only with uh, uh, state officials, but with the federal officials, and then just trying to manage uh, sort of the chaos going on uh, here at home. And how does, if you look back, right, uh, certainly nobody uh, expected any of that and nobody plans for that and there's no rule book for that. But in, in terms of managing public safety uh, combined with trying to you know, address the business concerns of it and, and run the city and all of that, how, how did that experience uh, differ from all the other things? And then where are we at today looking forward? Yeah, I mean, 2020 was a heck of a year. I mean, it was a heck of a year for everyone. So I, I, I'm certainly not unique in saying that. Uh, but I will say being mayor during 2020, especially mayor of Newport Beach, was incredibly unique. Most people sort of forget, actually, just how, how rough the year started. The year in, in Newport Beach started when we lost nine members of our community in a helicopter crash, you know, the most famous of them being Kobe Bryant. But uh, all but one uh, of the people on that helicopter lived in Newport. And so uh, that was how we started. I mean, it was it was probably the most tragic event that had happened in our city and that anyone could remember. And then yeah. co and then COVID hit. Um, and, you know, I, I still there are very few days where I don't think of that that day of, uh, you know, of losing families, of losing sisters and moms and, and dads and daughters. It was just it's just a horrific that was a horrific day. And you know, coming back around, I mean, that's that's that was a good sign of the resilience that Newport Beach was going to need. Um, and a lot of people were mourning, um, and uh, and they still rallied together. They made sure that the families understood how much they were loved and cared for. Uh, there were people who stepped up for those families, uh, left, right, and still doing it. And um, and you know, we needed that resilience. We needed that 
that show of resilience. I, I mean, I think that obviously everyone would prefer that we avoid tragedies as, as much as we can, but it's, it's in that face of tragedy that kind of shows a character of a community because when COVID hit, you know, I think it's fair to remember. I mean, that was a really, that was an incredibly scary time. Uh, you were seeing hospitals overloaded uh, in, in Italy and New York. And so people just didn't understand what this was. And so when the governor shut it down, I think most people said, yep, that's that's the right approach. And it was uh, at the very beginning there. And so at that point, um, you know, you're you're trying really hard to figure out what's the right framework for a local government? What what is our role going to be? And, you know, we're not a healthcare agency. Um, and right. so we shouldn't act that way. Uh, we don't have any doctors on on council. We, we don't really have any doctors on on staff either. Uh, fortunately for us, we have some amazing doctors at Hogue and Hogue Hospital in Newport Beach is a world-renowned hospital and actually treated the first COVID-positive patient in California. So uh, made the decision early on with the support of our council that we weren't going to act like a healthcare agency. Uh, and in fact, uh, the question was, what information were we going to highlight and promote? And we ended up deciding we were going to promote uh, the information coming out of Hogue because what we knew was people probably would at some point view the CDC as politicized, the California Department of Public Health politicized, et cetera, but they probably were going to trust their doctor. And so if they're going to trust their doctor, then let's highlight the advice coming from their doctors. And so that's the approach that we took uh, during COVID was making sure that we were highlighting um, with an, another council member. Uh, we would go and do inter interviews with doctors at Hogue to try to yeah. provide information. And that was the goal. I mean, be transparent. And when we don't know, say we don't know, um, but also follow that up with. But let's let's see if we can figure it out. Uh, that kind of public messaging worked a whole lot better than dictates and mandates and, you know, and where people just felt like their their freedoms and liberties were being stripped from them instead. So, you know, we, we spent a lot of time, obviously, we had a beach closure issue where I pushed back on the governor's um, decision on that. And then we also ended up having protests, uh, the police protests that occurred sure. last year. Uh, we've never, I don't think we've ever had a police protest in Newport and we had five in a day. Uh, and then, you know, at, to your point, we also <laughs> capped the year by having the president of the United States come for a rally on the tip of Lido Island. I remember asking uh, our police chief, did you talk to the Secret Service about what that route looked like? Uh, the one way on, one way off? Yeah. And he said, oh, yeah. I said, what did it sound like? He said, a lot of swearing. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, last year was last year was uh, intense. But uh, we were, you know, we're really fortunate to have some amazing people on staff. Um, our police chief, fire chief have been uh, in their departments their whole lives. And so that longevity, that trust that they had built up with one another really mattered and uh, did well for our community. Yeah, well, look, uh, on behalf of myself and my family who, who lives here, thank you and the others on the city council and all the public service people for what they do. Uh, we appreciate all the hard work. And uh, we know it's not uh, an easy job and at many times it's thankless. Uh, so thank you. I want to take it full circle because I want to tie it back into the real estate since that's what we want to talk about. I want to fast forward because uh, I like to try and not live in the past and look uh, ahead. And one of the things that I, I see really with our own business, uh, with our clients and with other business owners that I talk to uh, is that they're struggling to get through it. Certainly with the Delta variant still hanging on, it, it, you're just not completely out of the woods. At the same time, you can do simple things in life like go out to dinner and really get a flavor for what struggles really are still out there from a business perspective and how that relates back a little bit to the real estate. Just going out for dinner, I went out last week one night, went to a restaurant and there was four people in the entire restaurant. Uh, there were 30 people standing out front in line at 8.30 at night on the, in the middle of the week. And I said, how come we can't sit down? And they said, we have no servers and we have no cooks. The next night I went to a different restaurant. The place was packed. There was still a line out the door, but they had every table full and couldn't have been happier. 
you know, to me, that's just a simple sign of really trying to work through the challenges of what's going on. And it gets back to the fact that uh, you really have to be careful about how you navigate it. Not only is there still a health and safety issue, but just you, you have supply chain issues, which gets back to all the ships that are out in the ocean. And then you have people that really cannot effectively run their business and do their business because they still have issues. And how do you see that, uh, not only with the port and, and what you're hearing back from some of your other constituents in terms of just trying to get back to normal? Hmm. I have to say, I, I, that is, that's a lot in one question, um, <laughs> only, um, because uh, I, you know, I, I spent a lot of time reading, um, it's, and I love public policy. I'm trying to actually understand the sport issue as well. Uh, it seems just incredibly complicated. Uh, we have a pretty good breakdown in the number of you know, drivers um, just showing up for it because for a bunch of different reasons. Uh, you have, so you have a driver shortage, you've got a um, uh, storage shortage, you've got a yeah. worker shortage on the ports. You know, it, there's a lot going on right there that it seems like there's this this disconnect between what we used to view as the dignity of work. Now we don't seem to be putting the same emphasis on uh, gainfully employed, you know, people being gainfully employed. That's true across the board. And so, you know, when you're seeing that uh, coupled with what you're talking about coming out of COVID, you're seeing an incredible demand for services. And look at the, at the local economy. I love that people want to go to service-based organizations like restaurants in particular, because what that does is it keeps the money within our community. Uh, if, you know, speaking from a public official standpoint, all of that means that we have uh, you know good good business going on. We have more sales tax going on. That sales tax then comes back into the city for us to be able to do better things like hire police officers, firefighters pave our roads better you know all the things that we're supposed to be doing that you shouldn't be thinking about very much but you know if you keep the money and you support local the money stays local and when you're supporting small businesses uh, you're doing a really good job of helping the you know the local community not just the, the the small business owners which absolutely i mean they're entrepreneurs to the nth degree i was reading a story out of oakland where uh, a new restaurant was open uh to rave reviews because the, the they had great resumes the owners had great resumes they cannot get tables like physical yeah. tables. So so they get 10 chairs, they don't get any tables. And so now their outdoor tables, I think two of them are plastic. And uh, they got they ordered brooms and the handles, the, the sticks came, but the bristles didn't. And so now they just have sticks. Yeah. And you know, you're seeing supply issues all over the place like that. You know, I hear it from our business owners. So actually in Newport Beach, at least past year, our mayor, current mayor, Brad Avery and I kind of spearheaded an effort to we actually waived Business, ta business license taxes for businesses that were closed uh, based on orders that came out of Sacramento last year. Huh, and so we're trying really hard to make sure that uh, we're not the impediment to the rebound that I think we're going to see in, in a lot of our businesses. And so is the city's policy, uh, without giving away any secrets, but I like the idea of taking the money that has come in from whatever and investing it back into the community, whether it's roads, whether it's drought-tolerant landscaping, whether it's beautification projects. And there's no question that the city of Newport Beach commands a premium over other surrounding cities from a property value standpoint, from a desirability standpoint. And so those are the kinds of things that I think make a lot of sense. And, and we own properties in other cities, and some of them just frankly don't do it, and I just don't get it. Yeah, I mean, if, if you think of a city, you, you kind of need to think of the same thing like your business. To be clear, running a city is not the same thing as running a business. We're not trying to make a profit. But the but the important thing to understand is you always have to have first principles and you have to have first things. And so I've always viewed the um, running a city in particular, which is different than, of course, running a state or the federal government. Um, you need to look at those first things. Those first things really are 
public safety, public infrastructure, and clean water and, and sewers. Uh, you know, if you're doing those three things really well, then you're probably doing pretty well. Um, and there are a lot of things that don't fit into those, you know, that really, I think, are really important, like libraries and parks. I love those. But if you are failing at those first things, then your city is failing. And I think we saw that play out last year in particular on the public safety side. I think we're still seeing it in some cities on the public safety side. And on the public infrastructure side, I mean, it's really important. I, I, I always say you can tell the difference between driving in from one city into Newport Beach because you'll notice the difference on the roads. And even even little things like that, you know, making sure that the signs that welcome you into our city are painted regularly. They matter. Uh, and so it's important for us to maintain those really important first things. And so when you're looking at a city's budget, uh, you know, you figure out pretty quickly where are the priorities. Uh, and so in Newport Beach, we've got a very healthy budget, a very large one. They expected over $230 million, which, by the way, last year I, I sit on the city's – I actually chair the city's finance committee uh, and have for years. Last year uh, we we slashed our budget, uh, the expectations, because we just didn't know what COVID was going to look like. And so we actually cut our budget 13% in a year, uh, and we did that through a bunch of different ways. But fortunately – Did that result in a surplus because it, it wasn't as bad as you thought, or were you right on? Uh, it did result in a surplus because we had cut the expenditures so much and also the revenues ended up coming in higher. So sales tax generation was massive uh, last year uh, throughout the rest of the year, part of, partially because people were buying cars. <laughs> yeah, so they, they were staying home instead of going on their European vacations. So they were spending a lot more time in outdoor dining, which um, I helped write that code for the city of Newport Beach um, to make sure that we were able to go outdoors as soon as it was possibly we were possibly able to. And so a lot of our restaurants looked at that as, you know, the, the life preserver, the one sure. that kind of saved them last year was getting outdoors very quickly. And so a lot of people enjoyed that. We're actually trying to figure out how to keep that. Uh, but a lot of people stuck around and instead of spending their money on their vacation, they spent it on a new car. And because they did that, actually, we ended up seeing a lot of sales tax increase. So uh, we, you know, we are we are in a healthy position, uh, still recovering. We're still going to be below, obviously, the, you know, the three main sources of revenue for a city, property tax, sales tax, and then what's called transient occupancy tax, which is a hotel bed tax. Hotel bed tax is still going to be low. Business uh, conferences just aren't back yet. So at some point they will be, uh, but we're mostly relying on leisure tourists, which there are a lot of them. Uh, but just not nearly what they used to be. Newport Beach really is a destination for many people, not only throughout other parts of Southern California to come and get away, whether it's from L.A. or San Diego or other parts, or to get out of the heat in Arizona and Nevada. And then if you're not going to travel internationally or you don't want to get on a plane, then uh, it's a logical place for people to come. And so, you know, I really feel like the continued growth and success of the city is largely a function of that continuing that desirability for people to want to come here and spend their money. And then what to me, what winds up happening is people move here and, and the people that move here are people that are on the wealthier, wealthier side of things. And then they bring their businesses or want to co-locate them either if you can't be in the city, certainly close to it, which then helps feed the surrounding cities, whether it's Costa Mesa, Irvine, or other places. And so, you know, we see that just with our own clients where they want to um, locate their business. And I, I feel like the better Newport Beach does, the better some of the other cities around do as well. And it spreads to the rest of Orange County. Oh, there's no question. It's that diversity approach, right? So if you have a diversity, uh, then you're going to be more stable as a city. So for example, in Newport, we rely heavily on property taxes. And just because of Prop 13, that it tends to be a very stable per revenue source because ups and downs don't affect you as much when people, most people's, a lot of people, especially in Newport, have owned their homes for so long that you know, the, the value just doesn't drop just because you have a, a blip in the economy. 
that's not true for a lot of other cities. So, for example, if you're talking about Anaheim, Anaheim relies very heavily on tourism. They've got Disneyland, they've got the Ducks, they've got uh, the Angels, they've got the Convention Center. All of those were closed last year. And so Anaheim, they they were much more uh, hurt than the city of Newport Beach. But look, tourism is really important to us. I mean, I'm just not even focused on a little bit of the sales tax that they generate. That hotel bed tax generates over $20 million in a normal year, over $20 million a year. Um, And that covers basically three and a half months of our police department, Mm, um, which which in the largest largest need for our police department in Newport, at least, is always going to be our summer season because of all those tourists. But tourists basically pay for themselves when it comes to the public safety side of of the summer months. So it's it's really important to, you know, just have that diversity, to have that that approach where, you you know, you are making sure that we're a desirable location. And to your point, yeah, we had a lot of internal migration last year. So, yeah, the state of California lost people for the first time ever for a bunch of different reasons. But interestingly enough, we were seeing a lot of people from the L.A. region and then the Silicon Valley region moving into Newport beach which of course drove down prices which are just massive right now in the city of newport which has its own repercussions i heard from a lot of uh realtors that were saying that they were seeing people moving and they were asking why and the answer was your city's response to covid i i like theirs a lot more than i like my current cities and yeah, that was so, good to hear so for those people who don't live in newport who are thinking of coming here and spending some of their money come on you can do it uh if you want to buy a house you're going to pay a little bit of a premium into this uh, market a little for yeah. sure <laughs> So I guess the, the one other thing I want to touch on, we just have a couple quick minutes, is is there a project that you're excited about within the city, whether it's redevelopment or development going forward, that uh, our viewers and listeners should be aware of that's going to impact uh, the city and, and what's around it going forward? And then the second part of that would be, you know, what one thing do you want to leave folks with in terms of a final thought? I'm looking forward to seeing what the Newport Center area ends up looking like. I think there's a lot of attention being paid certainly to the airport area uh, because the airport area is probably where we're going to see a lot of residential development just because of state mandates coming down on something called regional housing needs assessment, which will take too long. I'm just going to say city of Newport Beach has to plan for um, over 4,800 new units in the next eight years. You know, and cities around us have to have to do the same thing. Costa Mesa is over 11,000 new units, Huntington Beach, 13,000. Uh, Irvine, uh, over 20,000. I certainly, I, I know it's much higher than that. But anyway, so and for a city like Newport Beach, you just don't have the land. So you've got to look at redevelopment for some of that because you just don't have a place to go. Well, not just that. We have a lot of agencies that over that oversee us. 60% of our city is covered by the California Coastal Commission. And when the city of Newport Beach back in, I think it was 2013, approved uh, 1,100 units over on Banning Ranch, uh, the Coastal Commission denied that. So we're caught in this limbo between one agency telling us don't build and then another agency telling us build. And yeah. I think we're gonna it's going to be tough. But a lot of that area is probably going to see the redevelopment, you're right, in the airport area. I think with the area for the commercial side that will be interesting to see will probably be in the Newport Center area. I don't I don't know of any major projects that are being there, but but I, certainly we've got the Island Hotel over in Fashion Island owned by the Irvine Company. And they're, you know, they're trying to figure out what to do with that. It's been closed since uh, the pandemic started. And so that, you know, that's a big deal. But, I, you know, there are a lot of projects that I'm sure are being discussed, and, and but nothing major has been proposed yet. But... I'm sure they're coming. Yeah, and the trend that we've seen is taking stuff to its highest and best use, whether it's office space going to medical, whether it's industrial space getting torn down and going to multifamily. I think you're going to continue to see that. Newport Beach doesn't have massive product that and massive uh, pieces of land that you can amass. It's so easily 
But you have smaller projects that where you've seen that back and forth, and certainly down on the peninsula by the water, uh, the older stuff, uh, eventually that's something new is going to get built at the end of the day. Yeah, there's no question. And then in terms of leaving folks with something, um, I would just say, you know, public service really matters. I think we saw that last year. And so one of the things I would really encourage people to do is, uh, look, if you're not the kind of person who wants to go run for office, I understand, but encourage good people to do that. I do that all the time. I try really hard, just, not just in our city, but other cities, to try to encourage good people to go run. One of the things I hear often is from people, they just say, no, I don't want to do it. It's too nasty. And I say, well, what, you know, what are you seeing? And they say things like what they see on Nextdoor or you know, Facebook or something. And so I would really encourage people, look, um, don't feed into those personal attacks. Don't feed into that negativity. Because if you do, you start chasing away good people from running for office. And when we do that, then we start complaining about the kind of people that are representing us in public office. And what I've seen, especially last year, is just how important it is to have good people running for office in the first place. I'd really encourage people, generally speaking, be kind, stay on issues and focus in on what's important for your community because the long-term health of our community, the long-term um, viability, the, you know, the focus on doing what's right, that's what matters a lot more than uh, personality conflicts that occur you know, day in, day out. So public service matters, especially at the local level. And yeah. if, you, if you haven't gotten to know your city council members, do that, they really affect your lives more than you understand. Yeah, those are good words of wisdom. You and I have a common friend in uh, former mayor as well, Denny O'Neill, who's unfortunately no longer with us, but he was one of our attorneys and a good friend, and I used to have long conversations with him, and he used to say to me, you know, change is good. Uh, It's how you manage that change, and I, I think that's really prevalent in today's environment, whether it's on your personal life or your business life or what's going on in the community around you. So uh, I can't agree with you more. Get involved, uh, try and make a difference, and be nice to the guy next door, and I think we'll all be better off. Will, I appreciate you having uh, coming on and, and sharing your thoughts and, and insights with us. It's, uh, it's a pleasure. We'll be back here next week talking more real estate, uh, trying to figure out some other uh, fun stuff, and if we have time next week, we'll work on uh, the national economy and solving the world's whole problems. We didn't have time to do that today. But, uh, Will, thanks again for uh, your input and for being here. And uh, um, to everyone out there, uh, we'll see you next week on Let's Talk Real Estate. All right, there you have it. You've been listening to another episode of Let's Talk Real Estate, your weekly BS with Barry Saywitz about the real state of commercial real estate right here in Southern California. Only on Orange County's only community radio station, OC Talk Radio. Streaming live from our studios here at the University of California, Irvine's Beale Applied Innovation Center.